and welcome to episode 39 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Brenda, which is the second story from episode 7, season 2. It's written by Douglas Hayes, but it's written under the pseudonym of Matthew Howard. Also directed by Alan Reisner, and it was based on a short story by Margaret St. Clair. There's something rather remarkable in the scope of imagination peculiar to children. They project and dream and fantasize with beauty and simplicity and faith in a manner that somehow eludes us as we grow older. This is Brenda, and Brenda has a playmate. It comes to her in part because of loneliness. And what I wish for you is that you never get that lonely. Okay, our story is about Brenda Alden. Um, she's a little girl, and she's not very well liked, particularly on this um, this island that they're on, Moss Island. It's where her family holiday every summer. She's pleasant to the adults and suitably, uh, well, you know, look, make, look, makes it to us that she's a, a you know a, a polite person to them, but is a bit of a pain in the arse and a bully to her playmates, other children. Um, her, she, uh, for example, when we're introduced to the character the first time, she basically just runs over, motors over somebody's um, sandcastle that's just been built, and then kind of blames them and tries to be clever about it, why she did it, rather than um, just taking responsibility for her actions. Um, so she has to play on her own a lot. People don't really want children of her own age, don't really want to be around her, and adults can be frustrated by her actions. So she's playing in the woods, and she sees a um, what looks like a monster, an earthy man made from wood and mud and sticks and grass and leaves. It has a human-like body, but um, is like a, a if a good example would be like a swamp thing. A swamp thing you hadn't had to shave for a while. Um, she's chased. She's chased by that uh, that monster, that creature, through the uh, through the woods. But uh, Brenda isn't thick. She's quite bright, and she manages to hide and force the animal to fall into a pit where it stays. And while she's um, talking to the animal and trying to get a feel for what this creature is, she begins to empathise with him. You're, you're old, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're very, very old. Must have been the way you are for a long, long time. What are you waiting for? Do you want to be born? She um, she helps the the creature out of the pit, and. Um, but very carefully as well to make sure she's still quite safe. Although she does feel safe around the, the creature. And feeling quite pleased with herself and what she'd achieved. She she heads off home. 
Now that doesn't stop her being even more pleased of herself and, uh, and quite happy when she sees that the, the animal has, uh, the, the creature has uh, at that evening arrived to see her and to see her in her house. Obviously and unsurprisingly, her family freak out. Her dad and her mum scream and shout when they see this leafy monster stumbling around the, uh, the lounge and manage to push it out. Then they get a, a posse together and we discover the next day that what they've done is managed to bury the, the monster under a big pile of stones. Brenda is quite upset but even more upset not just that that she's now that the monster who she has befriended has uh, been hidden under these stones but also that the, the family has perhaps unsurprisingly decided that uh, they should leave they should leave and they, uh, they they pack up and they're gone by that 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 day we move on to a year later and the family is again holidaying on Moss Island we see Brenda and she's a bit older now and um, her pigtails have gone and she's a little bit bigger and the first opportunity she can she heads back to that pile of rocks and hugs it and while she's talking to the monster to see if it's ready to be born again she also begins to feel a stirring and an awakening inside her you've wanted so much to be born I love you <laughs> I'll always love you you're the only one I could ever love but I'll let you out I promise I'll give you life. I'll give you love. So this story is based on a short story by Margaret Sinclair. Um, it's about a um, well, it's about the the growing up of a woman, a, ch a child into a woman. It um, you know this this monster is something that's awakening up inside the child, um, that that blossoming of womanhood as she enters into puberty. It can be scary when it's an intruder in the home, for example. And as much as the, the way the parents try and hide it away and do manage to for another year, um, they can't stop Brenda from returning to it the next summer. Um, the short story is, um, is available to read in the Night Gallery Reader, um, a collection of 
short stories which are you know inspired the stories of Night Gallery, include some Rod Serling work, including the, uh, the Escape Clause. Um, you can get it on Amazon. It's not cheap, but you know you can get a second-hand copy for about ten ten dollars. So it's not too bad if you want to check that out. Um, the story is quite um, well. It's quite sensitively written, um, whereas the uh, you know, it, and it's obvious where it's going. Whereas I would say with the um, with this story, the, the 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 night gallery version of the story. Uh, it's it's quite heavy-handed in terms of its imagery, but um, it's literal. I think that would be a best way to put it. It's very, it, it, the entire story is put together extremely literally. Um, at its heart, unsurprisingly, is Brenda, the character of Brenda, played by uh, Laurie Prange. Uh, Laurie was a uh, came on from this to become a bit of a favourite of Jack Laird, who uh, one of the uh, the actors that he used to he used to come back to again and again to uh, to do the, to do the stories uh, to do to do roles for him. Um, she he really liked what she'd done uh, to the point that there was a picture of Brenda on his wall of his office. Um, so it's obvious, you know. I mean, he uh, and I think this is a, rightly so in this case as well. Um, what Laurie brings to the role is um, a very certain kind of Brenda. Um, she's an odd child. She is a little bit wicked. She's quite quiet, extremely clever, um, very mean-spirited to other people, and and also quite insolent and struggles to understand exactly what what why her actions have the impact that they do have. She's one that loves fun, but um, also is somebody who is able of, of quite quite possibly quite great cruelty. Um, and so, in that sense, she she she's a very interesting character for what is just a child. And um, and Laurie brings all these elements out. Um, bear in mind, obviously, you know this is more than just talking about like a a young girl who's very awkward and. Uh, and troubling early on and then turning her into a woman that transformation again is done as with a lot of, of night gallery stories over a short period of time Brenda's half an hour long and a lot of it is um, just conversations where she is other people are reacting to the way that Brenda is is acting and um, it's done with a, you know it's done with a great deal of skill and when she she finally embraces the um, the the pile of rocks with her monster inside, and says that she will she will be reborn too. You know, you believe that that that's that's an awakening within her. Um, just a quote that the the actress gave. She creates her own world, maybe uh, harboring a sense of resentment for her parents. She created this fantasy, developed a real bond and love for this glob. When in reality, it was just a pile of rocks in a pit. You know how kids can go wild with their imaginations while w walking through the woods. When I was growing up, I can remember a rumour that started with all the kids in the neighbourhood. Someone saw big footprints in the mud in the creek, and there was a green monster. who ran all around the neighbourhood, trying to locate it. Someone saw it in the vacant lot down the street, and then all of a sudden, everything became very real. So that's how I approached the role. And I think that's an interesting way to do it, to kind of have that, that dreamlike nature to it. I think it's safe to say that a lot of the story, certainly in the Margaret St. Clair book, takes place in the mind of the child. Um, 
you know, this heavy, this quite heavy-handed allegory is, uh, is 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 done with sensitivity because it's 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 done in the in, in that in that in Brenda's brain, and her imagination comes to the fore. I think that's something that certainly uh, Laurie Laurie Prange definitely understood. I don't think it's necessarily something that um, Alan Reisner understood quite so well. He directs it extremely literally to the point that. I mean, really, you, on the face of it, it does appear to be only like a fairy tale story of a little girl and a monster, and none of the um, none of the allegory even shows any sign of coming out until the um, until the very last moments of the story, and then suddenly it becomes almost like a twist reveal if you're talking about these kind of these kind of shows, um, and I think that's interesting. But I don't think it necessarily helps the story along, particularly when you know you're talking TV with a short running order time. That you know you're you're suddenly heading into this kind of this this kind of area where it's um, it's very quick, and um, you know you, I think you have to make your point and get out. I'm not saying it's not it's just it's too grounded in reality for what is after all a fairy story. And even if it was done actually really literally in terms of the fact that it is just a story about a girl and a monster then it, it, even then it's done very literally I mean the monster swamp thing itself is a basically a stuntman who is uh, in this case is uh, Fred Carson and he is um, covered in uh, mud and leaves basically like a big swampy suit kind of like um like a sniper's outfit, you know what I mean? Like when you see them in the, in the jungle and, and they're just covered and covered in foliage, long, long, long foliage. It's like that. And he's doing, in all honesty, a classic Karloff Frankenstein walk of his arms are aloft and he's stumbling along. And um, it's understandable because, you know, it's done under the, the constraints of the, you know, of the TV budget and also the fact that that character has to be on screen time a long time and it has to be a man in a suit because it has to be able to be manipulated that much. Um, so, you know, it's understandable that that's what it has to be. Um, it's just a bit of a shame. It's a shame that it, it has that kind of, a little bit, eh, it, it feels cheap at times. And although it's a fun, I mean, I mean obviously the, the story is quite, quite simple and childlike, um, you know, I can understand why people are a bit annoyed and frustrated by that. On the good side, though, it is um, Eddie Sorter's first uh, time writing the uh, the screenplay, the well, screenplay, the, uh, the the soundtrack for for a Night Gallery episode. And what he gives this is a um, a kind of. Again, he understands the fairy tale nature of the of the scripts and the story, and he's able to give carry that across in what he plays. It's very, um, it's very. And look, the example that's given in the book is like it's like Peter in the book, the After Hour Tour Night Gallery. They say it's like uh, Peter and the Wolf, and I can understand that. It's kind of it the music matches her tone, her mood. As she goes through the woods and as she meets the monster, it's all very, um, it's all very nicely put together, and it's subtle as well. You don't really realise it; it's on the go while it's happening, and I think that really helps. Um, so for me, I think it's a good story. 
it's got its problems. Um, I think I quite liked the idea that you weren't quite sure of Brenda's motives quite so much as you possibly should be until you re you know the, the reveal when she's talking of talking to the monster and you realize that that bond is something more um, primal I would say a little bit more childlike more ch less childlike and more an awakening within her I think that's really good and it's a, it's a good reveal and obviously um, you know it's it's despite the fact that it is a guy in a suit and it looks like a, a 1950s monster movie suit at that um, although I've given some 1950s monster movies a bad name by saying that in truth this is um, at the same time this is still an enjoyable piece and on the whole it's an enjoyable piece because of the great central role this character of Brenda played brilliantly by Laurie Prange and um, I think that's what really gives it its heart. Oh, please. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be quiet. Don't be dead. Just a usual bit of housekeeping. Um, if you want to get hold of me, uh, you can do on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey or you can email at chris at the Twilight Zone Network.com. Um, all the podcasts, any articles that we put up are available on our website, www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Um, recently, we mentioned um, some screenplays that were being put out by Digital Fabulists about um, the 80s revival show. Uh, they've done five so far. Uh, I'm flicking through them at the moment and I'm going to write hopefully by midweek um, some of my thoughts on them they're very interesting they're good uh, they're good little scripts uh, if that's much of a spoiler uh, they've, they've chosen some good episodes to start with uh, to, to put out and I think uh, they're available on Kindle so um, if you want to have a little look you can do uh, there's a link on the website today and I'll, as I said I'll, I'll get some kind of review of some sorts up later on this week if you go to the uh, the website, there's also links to our Twitter, which is Twilight Zone Net, and also uh, to our Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash/TheTwilightZoneNetwork. Uh, you can become, you know, you can come and say hello and give any of your thoughts and feedback, which are always welcome. Um, next week is episode forty uh, of the of the podcast, which is quite exciting. Um, we're not, uh, yeah. I've, last week I said it was episode 37. I was wrong, got a bit confused. Um, I'm not including the video podcast in these numbers either, so that's possibly why it looks like I've done more than I have. Um, but episode 40 is a Rod Salen script, it's called The Diary. Um, I need to reacquaint myself with it, it's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, if I remember rightly, it's got a good twist to it if I remember rightly so uh, I look forward to watching that this week and then giving you my thoughts on it next week until then take care goodbye <laughs>